Good evening, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your morning, my host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Burnley and the Saints. Two crucial games at the Emirates. And if you could take six points out of these two games with the results going our way around us, you know, who knows where we could have been in the table. So let's see how we did. First up, Arsenal versus Burnley. And you thought to yourself, surely this has to be the turning point for us. And I mean, you really get like, you know, this weird sort of vibe when the game starts. I mean, yeah. like, like, Arsenal, of course, have a lot of the ball in the first uh, quarter of the game. But, you know, this is what I don't get to. This is something that, that I don't know if I've mentioned to you even in private or on the podcast. But it's not like we have a lot of the ball. But we also don't do much when we're in the opposition of. So it's like the ball gets folded through the like from defense to, uh, to the midfield. And then, you know, it was like just barely coming towards the forwards. And then almost like when the channels are kind of closed, like, you know, when the ball gets to Xhaka or, uh, say, Alneni or whatever, it's almost like they go into this sort of shell where, I mean, maybe it's also the, the lack of confidence in it, but it's like, you know, they can't think of, look, I'm going to take this ball and I'm going to drive this team or, or push this team forward. So they will stop and they'll play that safety pass to the back or safety pass to the goalkeeper. And, it, and it, I don't know about you, Aiden, but, or our listeners also, but it really grinds my gears. No, it does. And it's... What I've seen is like there is no brave players like do you remember like Alexis Sanchez? You know, I, I really miss him. You know, it was the the way we parted ways wasn't the best, but you look at it in in a game situation. You know, like you said against Burnley from the first half or from the kickoff. You know, we had lots of position, but we did nothing with it. A guy like Alexis Sanchez would try and run through a blind alley. You know, make something happen. And something would eventually happen because just his, of his tenacity. But it's like these players have no desire or or, yeah. heart or, or or you shouldn't say the players because you would be like, you know, there are some players that are, you know, playing their socks off. But like the squad in general, you know, sorry to, you know, the, the guys who argue me all, but there's just nothing of that, you know, I want to get to the end of things, like end of things. Look at, and like, I know I'm going a bit off topic with the game, but you look at the guy like Olivier Giroud, and I know we've spoken about him in the past, but you've seen him hustle and bustle, hustle and bustle with the ball. He's his chest and it goes into the net. But mm-hmm. it's just not happening. And, and players are just doing their own thing. It's a bunch of individuals on the field at the moment. I, I just don't know, you know, where, like, you know, we've spoken about it probably about a month and a half ago, you know, way too from here. But it's also like... Uh... What I think I mentioned to you also with, with like, say something like a 50 50. I'm not talking of, um, you know, that, that when, when the ball just bounces in between two plays and they're going full tilt, you know, into each other. But it's like when, say, the ball gets, like, say, overpass, underpass, whether it's us or the opposition. Now the ball is in the middle there. Now you can see who wants that ball more. And you'll see Arsenal players, like, you know, sprinting the same time as the opposition guy. But as they get close to it, you see the Arsenal players start slowing, you know, slowing completely. And then, the other player barely has to slide to get the ball or win the ball back. He has to just stay on his feet and he wins the ball back. All because one of our players, and I mean, it, 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 this can actually be spread throughout the team. They are almost like not brave enough to really get themselves involved, really, into it. Yeah, it's oh, it's it's a sad sight to see, you know. Um, I, I always mention to you, you know, I've seen, we've seen worse of Arsenal squads than, than this one. I mean, I can go back to that. 11-12 squad, when you look at that, how, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the players weren't 
like the players that you would have selected or chosen, you were just losing Seth Fabregas, losing Nazri. You basically only had a Robin Van Persie in the squad. Ramsey was still young. Oteta was, you know, he wasn't a, a world beater. But it was players that had desire and art. And you look at this team coming up against a Burnley side who almost couldn't buy a win. And Arsenal was struggling to break them down. Yes, we were making chances and there were some saves happening. But it's just, you know, we weren't breaking them down. And, and the longer the, the game went on, you started, you know, worrying and looking at yourself and you know, asking yourself questions, you know, how are we going to score? But I mean, uh, you know, we, we can also see the, the sort of, uh, you know, a lack of, of, of confidence in the, the squad. With, you know, it's not like faltering right through the whole squad also. It's like, in that, that 12 minute where the ball gets played into the box, Luck is it, I think, I don't know, he totally missed kicks or missed kicks the ball. And then the ball, of course, breaks to Saka and he's almost like, you know, he doesn't have a, a cool head. And I think it's also like, the, you know, the pressure to get that goal. So it's not like you're trying too hard to to get to it. And I mean, he ended up also just, ending up, uh, you know, scuffing the ball and, and the ball just ended up spilling away. And I'm thinking, these are the sort of chances. And I think you always mention it to me in the podcast and, and uh, in, in personal conversations. About that little, you know, when you're already like you're in a struggle, you know, you know, you're in a, like a dog fight now, especially in our position. You need to almost like, you know, even if it's an ugly goal, whatever, you have to get that ball in the net. But it's like we, we are almost like overthinking things at times. And I mean, sometimes we had worried me even like a week before in that, in, in like, um, so the defeat against Tottenham or, you know, the other defeats also prior. It's like when the ball now gets played to a bombing. His confidence is almost also kind of null because every time you know, look, when we saw Aubameyang the end of last season, he was firing from every angle things in, and now it's almost like he don't want maybe the flack or the or the sort of pressure he's gonna get now in the media or from fans. So he's rather laying the ball off, and every time we laying the ball off, more of the other uh, guys that we are playing against, they are just plugging that all that gaps behind, the, uh, you know, to defend the goal. I think, you know, when all, when teams come into the image at the moment, they're smelling blood as well. It's like they know, you know if we get at Arsenal, they're going to be rattled. And there's just no leadership on the field at the moment. I mean, Aubameyang has been given the armband and probably I could have been someone rooting for him with the armband as well, probably in the previous podcast. But you, you look at him and you, you, you're kind of looking across the field, you know, who's going to fire this team up? I mean, you look at Jordan Henderson, I mean, Probably not the most talented player with skillful player, but he makes up for that with his heart, his desire, determination, and his leadership on the field. But you look around at Arsenal, who is it? Who is going to take things and take things with a scruff of the neck? And you know what really worries me also when you, when you watch Arsenal play or defend, actually? Yeah, you know, you see every time in the last few games, a ball gets crossed in, and there's always that, you know, one or two little opportunities where the opposition is glancing ahead of wide or just shooting into the keeper but you know they end up it's, it's, it's almost like a free a freebie because nobody's around and i mean that uh what's it chris wood oh yeah where he ends up getting that cross i mean he wasn't even really expecting it that, that cross yeah. in and holding and, and gabriel lose their man completely they all just ball watch and he ends up just glancing the ball and i mean i don't think Elena would have gotten to the ball yeah, I, I, I just think the, the, the holding Gabriel combination, I mean, it just doesn't seem to be working. Like, they, I'm not saying that they, 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 they are perfect together, but it just seems like the 
they're just lacking something. I don't know what it is, if it's a language barrier or something, but there's something missing between the two. I think that this way, I think we do miss, you know, it's weird to say this also, but I think this way we also miss David Louis sometimes, just for that. You know, remember how Chelsea hated it in the FA Cup final where he just belts the ball forward? Like, yeah. Know, Chelsea would come with this, you know, the pretty football coming close to the box. He just, you know, leather the ball upfield. Like, <laughs> and after a while, it almost like gives us that sort of breathing space to almost like, you know, get ourselves in a better position to, to form ourselves better around the ball, or like whether it's defend or attack. And I think we do miss that because Rob Holding at times can give, like, you know, he leaves you almost like between the devil and the deep blue sea when he starts giving his. <laughs> and I mean, I worry a lot because look, somebody like Gabriel, for me, he always looks confident. And I think something that, that I also like a lot, uh, but he doesn't play, he get much game time as Pablo Marie because he also looks like somebody, you know, almost like if there can be a fire behind him, he, he will still get that, you know, ease the ball out of out of play or, you know, into an attacking move again. But I think Rob Holding, I think he tries too much on the ball and he ends up getting caught on the ball. Yeah, I think Pablo Marie will be a good... Um, um addition in terms of partner with, with with Gabriel perhaps you know maybe that is something that you know Ateta can work towards because there is just no combinations at the moment it's just you know every time someone else is getting thrown he's trying to fix the problem except for William for some reason you know he he always gets the 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 starting berth and I'm not sure you know what he has to do wrong for Ateta to actually drop him and I mean like you could see, like, look, also, like, about the 2,000 crowd in again for the yeah. league. And I think on the half-hour mark, you could actually sense that the the crowd were growing also. You know, that reminded me of the old days, like, old days. About, like, a season ago, early on in the season, last season, where you could also hear that the sort of frustration and the, you know, the groans that start Yes, yes. And it played out again like that. Uh, that just seems to add to the pressure where you hear that, oh, when they, when they lose the ball or when they're trying to, you know, too much stuff. And it's like the player's also trying too hard to make something happen. So you'll try to hold the ball too long and they'll get dispossessed. Or, you know, the passes are also, you know, it's it's not like Arsenal. We, we're known for passing, you know, the Wenger ball, knock, knock, knock down into space. But it's just, I don't know. There's just so much missing in this team at the moment. And Burnley really took advantage of it because they knew what they were doing. They knew they would just set their stall out. And Arsenal couldn't have, didn't have any answers for their questions. You know, in the second half, Arsenal, you know, looked somewhat improved. Uh, you know, Arteta probably now told him, you know, different sort of play or different sort of layout. I should now go about things. And I mean, it actually did start looking good because I'm not yeah. saying it was off the charts or world class, but. It started looking good. Things were, you know, passing and moving. The movement was getting faster. Burnley, you could see, did not like that. And, and I mean, I was glad that we were not doing that. But then, I mean, again, <laughs> we're going down to the same path again because game changing the 56 minute. Xhaka ends up blocking um, McNeil, you know, unfairly. Ends up, you know, in a short little scuffle. Westwood is actually trying to get him away from the little scuffle. And I don't know, the way Jacker was going on, kind of wild. He ends up also falling. Of course, he said he was tripped. I mean, it didn't look that, you know, hectic that, that uh, Westwood was now, you know, getting him away from the action and from the ref because it was already a yellow. And then Jacker goes and ends up choking Westwood. And, of course, the ref ends up checking it on VAR and red card for Granit Jacker. Stupid. Nothing else was stupid. This petulant behavior of his is not a... 
It's not something new, and I mean, you know, it's oh, you probably would have gotten booed off again. It would have been a whole drama if that had to happen. But it was utterly ridiculous to do something like that. I mean, why would, especially with VAR around, why would you do that? I mean, oh, we, we, you and I mentioned it all the time about how, you know, is Xhaka good enough to be in the squad? Easy this, easy that. But I mean, you know, why go and do something like that when we oh, we need our players? And, you know, like you said, we were in the ascendancy. And, you know, yeah, if, that, if, if, if that had to, if we had to be down to 11 still, I mean, you know, as we go along, we probably could have like, gotten a goal because we were looking like we were getting there. So, you know, Sebastian has to come on for Lacazette because look at, you need now, you know, extra body also in Madrid. Uh, uh, of course, Burnley now start getting even more braver now. Westwood ends up firing a, a hot shot at, at Leno, you know, makes a good save. Then, 73rd minute, as Arsenal defending a corner, El Nini, of all people, you know, gets involved in a, a, shuffle, a, a shuffle with uh, Tokowski. And I mean, ends up with his hands, you know, it was like shoving him with the hands in the face. And then, of course, both players go down. El Nenius, you know, trying to probably bail himself out with, with you know, play acting, whatever. And then, I mean, he was very lucky. I mean, I think he ended up just with a yellow card. And I mean, it could have been a red because anytime you're putting your hands in that sort of way up to a, a, a player, your opponent, it's not on. And I mean, it was not something violent or whatever, but still, you're acting the way you were acting like that. I mean, I don't know, it's not like the squad does not have any sort of discipline going or something. Well, like, he was giving the ref a decision to make. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't do that in a box. I even thought it was a penalty. Mm. Because, I mean, you've seen situations when, when they give a penalty for something like that. Yeah, and then, I mean, from the ensuing corner, Obama ends up rising first of all, ends up flicking the ball past, you know, one or Burnley. I, I think, yeah, that... That was probably one of those feelings when I just started looking and I just felt, you know, the life drain out of me and thinking, you know, Sunday evening, last game of the weekend, and you're asking yourself, could this get any worse? You are, like, I literally asked myself, can this get any worse? You know, I was listening to Ask Blog the other day, and when they were talking up the game with their preview thing, when they were also, um, kind of Blog and Ask Blog were saying something that was, you know, it can't get any worse, can it? And then, I mean, you have this thing going, because, you know, the way leading up to the game, the pundits were saying, you know, Burnley haven't won yet, Arsenal have got this and that reputation. And, and it's all like the more they built this thing up, I started feeling more nauseous, you know, getting close to the game, because as I told you, look, I'm somebody, and always try to see the bright side of things, like with concerns Arsenal especially. You know, sometimes we, I, I don't see stuff, you know, uh, almost like with well, my mind, like in your mind, you probably think, oh, I should, this could, you know, go skew for us. But I mean, almost like for me, it's like in my heart, we're going to win. But on this day, already, I already felt that something is not going to go right. Because it, it reminds me of, I mean, if any of our listeners from, you know, from 20 plus years ago, when they can think also where that, uh, when Arsenal was to play, had to play Blackburn Rovers. And it was, yeah, yeah. Like that also, you know, it could go your way, but you also know they can come and, you know, cause total havoc with your team because they would normally play, you know, balls to the wall type of football. And I'm like, Burnley were growing into that knowing we were not down to 10 men. Oh, yeah. I think they they, they, sniffed, they really sniffed blood at that point. And then it's just like Arsenal's were nowhere. And uh, you just were thinking to yourself, how can we come back from this? And I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I thought the sending off, 
Arteta then reacts, he brings on Ainsley um, Maitland now, so Bellerin. Uh, you know, but Burnley, of course, by now are just picking Arsenal off with little counters. But I mean, since we all know their attack is not the best either, their attacks were almost like fizzling out three quarters of the way up the field. So it was almost like that last part was almost like, what was it? Almost like pulling teeth without any anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, when that final whistle went, I just, you know, I, I just sat there, I just remember sitting on the couch and looking at the TV and just couldn't believe it. I was like hoping for another at least 15 more minutes, but even if we had 15 more minutes, we probably would have lost some more because we just won at the races. And then you look at it and you get the results that happened in the weekend. You know, Chelsea lost. Um, Chelsea lost Man City and Man United dropped points. And even Liverpool dropped points. Not saying it'd be title race favourites, but the teams around you is dropping points or the so-called rivals. I mean, like uh, the way I see it now, it's almost like we're not getting top four, we're not getting top six. Uh, we're not going to get relegated either. So it's almost like just a survival game now. You know, just to... Not survival, but, you know, it's just going through the motions through to end like mid-table because... I honestly don't even because I, I still see we'll get the win here and there, but it's gonna be again. You come up against almost like any sort of team, like you know, if because as I said, if Arteta don't have a sort of game plan and we don't also bring a creative play in January, it's gonna be a long, long season to get to me. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is, and you you gotta ask you gotta ask yourself, you know, how does he fix this? Is it against the certain players who are the bad apples? But you know. Going from Burnley to Southampton, I thought to myself, we don't stand a chance. Not don't stand a chance. I really was nervous, you know, before the 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 kickoff of the game and knowing that Southampton's tails were up. And yeah, how were you feeling for the Southampton game? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I flying Southampton. They already came to the uh, the game at the Emirates, you know, with the old boy Theo Walcott in tow. And I mean, they looked rejuvenated. I mean, Theo, I mean, especially looks rejuvenated at the sense. And I mean, the way Arsenal has gotten the, if you think. The majority of that squad got beat. What was the season? 9-0. 9-0, yeah. And you look at them now, and it's like they're playing free-flowing football. They look, you know, cool and calm. They, I mean, they got like, like a rock in the center of the defense. That and best, and, and, and they, best thing, yes, I, I'm not sure why Arsenal aren't sniffing around there because he's a top-class centre-back. I mean, the way he reads danger, I mean, as we're going to get into the game also and that, but, I mean, he, he can play the ball out of, of defence. He can set up moves also, uh, you know, the way he's... Uh, and, I mean, if I look at, at somebody, say, uh, like that, that um, what's the guy, Romeo, when you think he was almost, like, discarded at, at I think he was at, at Barca at some the academy and in Chelsea also. Yeah. And, like, Chelsea was only like getting... Bit, and you see him now and he's going... And if you think of last season also, or could be even the previous seasons, the sort of... A formidable partnership with him and Hoiberg was now Tottenham. Yeah. The, the way they, I mean, you look at them, like even Hoiberg, you look at Hoiberg, you look at him, they don't look the most mobile, but they are hard workers. They, you know, they play their socks off. And I mean, they are so disciplined. They sit in that position. They don't just, you know, when you think of, of, of our sort of midfielders that go on their walkabouts, but they yes. don't toss to, to, to uh, run back. They, that, is, that shows you, so that is also where the problem is lying with Arsenal. Yeah, no, we we don't have workers. We like, you know, you and I to bring back our old players. When you look at, and I know it's a different position, but you look at Alexis Sanchez. You know, after the 19 minutes of the game, you could see he gave his all. 
you know, he was one of those players that had nothing more to give. But it's like these guys are like still walking off with attitudes and and you know thinking that they've they they because they won an FA Cup now and a Community Shield, you know, they they've won it all. But it doesn't work like that. You know, you need to fight for your right to play in the Arsenal team because I mean, so you you think Southampton, you know, the game started and Southampton already up for it and we looked second to everything. Yeah, so I mean, Arteta then goes into the game, you know, with uh, some force changes, Bellerin out due to clocking up five yellows, Shaka with his three-match ban, and then um, with Ainsley-Mitten-Niles Niles and uh, Severius coming in, respectively. Uh, William then drops to the bench, finally, and Ketia then gets the nod ahead of, like I said, it was, you know, being, it was like very, I mean, at times it, it, it looks like he's also a bit lazy, like, you know, don't run that often. I mean, sometimes he does try, I mean, if you compare him to Aubameyang, but Look at Aubameyang now, just because the captain's armband, probably he keeps his place. But sometimes, I mean, Lacazette is also, if, you know, plays in fits and starts. Yeah, like if you look at Emre as well, he used to drop Aubameyang time and time again, if you remember. Like I remember that one Fulham game when he came off the bench, almost to put some fire up his backside, just to... To give him that spark because a bombing look like it's also a bit complacent because he knows Arteta won't not start him. So Arsenal, of course, reverted to three four three again, which I think what everybody was really you know shouting for. Um, Southampton, you know, from the get go already started oozing with confidence when they were yeah. playing the ball around. Arsenal do a lot of scrambling clearances uh, early on, you know, because you can see they were not starting to pick up on. That, that sort of negative vibe around the Emirates, even though this time also played now again in front of an empty stadium with a, a Tier 3 lockdown in London going on at the moment. Um, at times, Arsenal looked also lost in advanced positions. They would get there, and as I mentioned in the in the Burnley game, they would also not know what exactly to do. And I think that is why... Um, I don't know if you saw also uh, Edu that was in the crowd yesterday. He was also... You can see... You can also not see that we do need that sort of cutthroat killer pass play in that, in that midfield. Yeah, I think it's it's just not just that. I think it's a cutthroat, you know, killer pass player. You have party who's going to be your box to box midfielder, and then you need that other guy who's that you know that hard working that doesn't really want to get in the need to get in the score sheet to to kind of you know see the difference he makes. But he's going to protect the defense, put tackles on the line. And kind of, you know, work in tandem with party. But right now, there isn't that person. And, you know, as good as party is at the moment, but he's injured, we're still going to have that lacking in the in the team. Because, I mean, I think that is also where my... Um, I'm say, almost like excitement for this team is kind of dampened down somewhat because I don't see that sort of, you know, like I love... I mean, you know the way I like football. It's like I like somebody, you know, that can split the defense with a, uh, you know... A yes. Little, or even that little dink or a cross, you know, like like Beckham used to hit that cross wheel pass and stuff like that. You don't see that really because it's either gonna when we do attempt the cross wheel pass, it ends up either going straight into touch or way down the line, and and our guys just don't have the sort of legs to catch up to because it's like a really overheat. So I mean, you can see the squad is dying for you know for for a sort of play, and I don't think also we must go almost like the cheap route again where. Okay, we're going to get the one, but we can't get the other. Get both, because, I mean, we're in a dire position right now where, you know, like the club's reputation is really on the line here. And, I mean, we need to get almost like other sort of ideas also going where maybe a player from outside 
can come in and he can also add his sort of idea to the team where Arteta can just all like build on top of it. You hundred percent right. They, for for me, you know, you know, moving a bit away from the game, you need that, like I said, that defensive midfielder player to work in tandem with party, and you need, like you said, that defense splitting midfielder who's also going to pull up his sleeves and work. But his main job is going to be, you know, to find the gaps. But you also, we've seen it now, how important a winger is as well, a proper winger who's going to cut inside, he's going to take, oh, he's going to take on play, he's going to cross the ball to, you know. Those cut forty-five. Maybe it is Nelson the guy. I'm not. I don't know. But it just looks like Pepe is still struggling. You know, he came in off these three-match bad back in the Premier League, and it's like he just doesn't want to take on players. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm also like, as I said, there's certain aspects of the, the squad where you know, it's not like you've given your all trying to, you know, get behind this guy to root for him and whatever. And then you keep on seeing the sort of limp, whatever performances. And you think, like, then why should I, if, you know, why should I give you my support if you're not even trying? Because I mean, I can understand if, you know, you're like he's ending up running up to a brick wall. But I mean, <laughs> if, like, even that the game, uh, like about was it a week and a half ago against Dundalk, he's playing against people that are like semi-pros <laughs> and taking the ball off him every time. Yeah, I, I do think we we got we, we could have. You know, got a rob there with Pepe. I'm not disrespecting him. I know he was probably up there with the the top assisters and you know key goal contributions last season. But I do feel he's he's not you know the answer at the moment. We need a player that's going to be involved in the game all the time. You know, get the ball, take on players, cross the ball, make players work. Like we haven't really had. You know, I I can't think of it just as yet. But have we, have, has our position against us picked up a red card yet this season? Oh, I don't, I don't know that. Because we don't we don't give our players are not giving defenders things to questions. I mean, you like you 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 mentioned. You know, we we're missing that key through ball. How much times have we seen Fabregas playing through ball? Player gets spun, and he has to pull the player down in the box for. For a red card or, or or last man tackle, we don't have that because, like you said, we're missing creativity. And Southampton knew that, and they were just playing us. They, Southampton were actually taking us for the fool because they were passing the ball, passing the ball with all the swagger. And you ask yourself, is Southampton really playing like this at our home ground at the Emirates Stadium? Yeah, because I mean, I was still like watching them with my family, and I was saying this is like watching a Southampton training video because they are <laughs> rondos around our players and stuff like that. And knocking the ball about without, and I mean, even like, I think the commentator also ended up picking it up in the especially the first half. I mean, was you know we're not even putting pressure on them to to almost like hasten up the 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 um, clearances or passes. We're just like standing standing by and watching them. And it's not like when we do make the press, you know, like say one or two of the other players are not getting involved. So it's not like the one is guy like you know one guy's running like a donkey trying to close up things, and it's too late because nobody else is closing the other channels. And you could see Gabriel, his confidence is starting to get a bit rattled because Theo Walcott was really getting the better of him all the time. Yeah, I mean, 18th minute deadlock then gets broken. Uh, yeah, this was also what you were mentioning earlier about that Vestergaard where, you know, he, where he shows his calmness and his ability on the ball. He ends up, from from defence, playing the ball out to Che Adams. And I mean, Che Adams ends up, you know, playing uh, almost like a defence-splitting pass through the Arsenal defense, defensive line. And I mean, once Theo was on his, you know, on his jet heels, 
he outpaced the Arsenal defence. And I mean, as he approaches uh, Leno, who's of course going to ground it somewhat early, he just chips him 1-0 Southampton. You know, they're so used to uh, Wilcott doing those dinks at the end and it's 1-0 to Arsenal right now, 1-0 Southampton. And you realise you're missing that player with the raw blistering pace at the moment. I mean, Aubameyang has speed, but he just doesn't use it as much. You know, when I, when I look at Aubameyang, sometimes, sorry, not Aubameyang, sorry, uh, say someone like Pepe, doesn't that remind you of sometimes when you watch it sort of cartoons or whatever where they tell somebody, look, here's the ball, now kick it. And yes. I full speed and then all they do is they just pull the ball back and then you just see almost like someone like Pepe, he just keeps on running. <laughs> Stop himself like say 10, 10 feet from the, where the uh, ball is. So I mean, like, it's like he's got no control of brake power, you know, of you know, stop, start, stop, start, stuff like that. He gets red so quickly. And I mean, he's got nothing, you know, in his bag of tricks. I mean, do you watch say, somebody like Ryan Sterling? And I mean, for me, even like people like him or um, Mane sometimes, or even Salah, they know how to draw you in. And by the time you come in, they're going to just shift the ball past you and they're either going to sprint past you or nutmeg you. And so they're still going to beat you. Yeah, we, we saw him missing attacking options and creativity. And, you know, Southampton at one nil down, you like I felt, you know, I just wanted to sound negative, but I thought to myself, is this it again? Is this here we go again? Like, I, I, And the commentator also mentioned that this will be the first time that Arsenal have lost five home games in a row. Yeah, I mean, 23rd minute, that was now a few minutes after Theo's goal. He again gets, uh, you know, at the end of a, uh, another cross. But I mean, this time, uh, Gabriel ends up sniffing out the danger. 28th minute, Pepe, you know, after some good work that he did down the flank, he gives the ball to Aubameyang, but I mean, of course, he's fired straight into Benari, because I just thought he could have actually taken his time and actually placed the ball more. It's more like what we were saying before, that with a, um, you know, sort of confidence or lack of confidence, where he's more like snapping at the ball instead of, you know, like passing it in or really picking his spot. It's like everything is too rushed with, I mean, not just him. It goes to the old squad, and that is the, the the problem where they just don't know when to you know pull the trigger. They always you know almost like second guessing themselves. That's the word. It's almost like they're choking their shots. Also, when they're trying to to take it because they don't know when to, to pass and take the shot. Yeah, and then of course Sebius and had a penalty appeal, which was I mean on second opinion and second like watching the replay, thirty-seven minutes. That was actually a bit embarrassing because he <laughs> ends up the, doing that thing that kind of annoys us. We ends up just turning and turning and turning. Yeah. So, Trouble. Yeah, he, he hurts. I, I think he's, he, he's almost, he, he, his position in the team is almost, how can I say, too far back and like not for, like, he's, he, they kind of trying to make him a number eight, but he should be closer to the opposition's goals because that's his gameplay, like, you know, trying to get on the ball and make things happen. But it's almost like his creativity is also being stunted. I mean, a season ago against Burnley, I mean, we were all singing his praises after playing against Burnley. And, you know, it now was... it's... But I mean, yeah. I, I mean I, when I watch him, I mean, I, even I think, are oh, you going to surprise us now with a goal or a, a goal assisting pass, but you don't see anything then. I wonder then why are you then in the team? Because you're not doing anything else but, you know, just dribbling and holding the ball on and then making a safe pass. You're not, you know, attack, driving and attacking the team. You're not also splitting defences with little passes and that. You're not doing much and uh, it goes almost like hand in hand. I mean, I know they say, yeah, Aubameyang can't do anything if you don't get the service. But I mean, he's also not showing that he's interested when the, you know, when the odd chance when the, the, the ball does get to him. 
He doesn't look interested like he wants to go for the ball. I guess he's also looking at the player that's not also like he's not showing desire. And you know, maybe that's not his game, but he doesn't show anything that he wants to get onto something, you know, or he's gonna, you know, put his foot in to charge down. He's just not showing anything, but like, you know, like he's throwing stools down when, or throwing stones at the cot when the things aren't going his way. And I mean, you saw how many goalkeepers he ended up last season, you know, stressing into, you know, either miss kicking their clearances or. Yes. Into him because he was very really fast on that, that closing down of the keeper. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Arsenal just uh, the for me they're off. You know, just beat it out to Southampton. You know, almost putting the hand on uh, like you know putting the hand on and they can choking us to 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 just their dominance. And you asking yourself how the heck is Southampton doing this? Yeah, so I mean, you know, one guy also I forgot to mention to you. Um. Instrumental and I also he came now in for Bellerin. And you know, I was really expecting way more because uh, when I chat sometimes with my friends online and, and that about you know the players' performances and that, I, you know, everybody's always chomping at the bit saying, Yeah, you know, Maitland Niles was play. But I mean, the, the amount of passes I saw that he was like, you know, either getting his his, uh, his fellow teammates now in, in trouble because of you know, really passing awkward uh, situations, and also when when. You know, when we had guys that were now ready to, you know, spring into attack, he was almost like, oh, he took his passes way, way too hard to even let give him a chance. I mean, I know you must sometimes run for the ball, but I mean, at times it was even the ball was already almost out of touch and you were still expecting people not to make a burst or, you know, a run for it. There was something like, I don't even know that came with the Burnley game with, the, with somebody from Arsenal just passed the ball most directly out. And you, I was like, oh, come on, guys. I mean, we were struggling at the back. Rob holding as well again, you know, was also giving the ball. Gabriel also passing the ball straight to Southampton. So second of Arsenal start, you know, somewhat brighter. But this again leads me to another point. Why are we always doing this? Why does it need a team talk from Arteta to, you know, get what you said, uh, uh, the fire under your backside? Why can't we start the game like we, you know, start the second off? It's, it's like there's, there's no desire going forward from the the, the first whistle. And in second half, it's almost like now we also, um, you know, a goal down, and now everybody wants to wake up. But you can't, you can't be a bold, successful team like that. You're going to go with that attitude every time. You wonder how important that cooling breaks were for Arsenal, eh? Even we after the 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 break that we had coming back, I think that actually worked in our favour with Arteta lying, almost giving a a team talk before every. Like in between halves, which which was always I don't even remember. We always started off slower. Then you know Arteta speaks, then Arsenal like you know flies under traps, and then you know they have a bit of a dip, and then Arteta speaks in the end of strong. Yeah, so I mean, fifty second minute, Saka then waltzes between two Southampton players. You know, as Arsenal already pushing now forward. Um, you know, he plays a short pass to Eden Ketia, and then his quick slick pass plays in Aubameyang, who finally controls the ball well. Cues up the, the shot and then side foot pass McCarthy in the um, Southampton goal one one. I think uh, I even you know uh, I haven't celebrated in a while for a lot of goals. You know, it's just been like uh, you know first bump, but I just felt I needed to to uh, I was overjoyed that we finally equalised and you know we got the goal and uh, just uh, hoping that you know we could have turned this one into into to three points after that because I mean we looked like we were nowhere in this goal. Was a game changer. It was like 
that's what probably could have happened against Burnley. If we, we were on the ascendancy, we got the goal. And, you know, we, we would have probably ended up beating Burnley. So, you know, I was amped at 1-1 and thinking to myself, OK, let's do this. Let's make it 2-1. Can you believe this was the first Emirates goal for Aubameyang since this past July versus Watford? Wow, I didn't know it was that long ago. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Arsenal, of course, looked fired up. Saints were now sitting deep, but, you know, not as what we know, what Tottenham were doing to us. This time, they were actually now on the ropes, because you could see, even, because when I, when the, when the camera panned to Hazenutl, and I saw him, I was like, blood red in the face, and he was like, you know, shouting and, 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 and cajoling his players. You knew already Arsenal now had a sort of grip in the game, and I mean, you could see the, the Arsenal players also looked way faster. They were, you know, and Southampton were just sitting deeper and deeper and deeper. And you could see that that, that panic was starting to set in by them because they knew they can't just, you know, play, you know, that that, that loosely the counter-attack game by sitting deep and attacking us. They had to not be sure of what they're doing. And then, I mean, as they come, <laughs> just growing here, we're going down the same path again. And I think a matter of, what was it, four minutes? Yeah. Gabriel gets two quick uh, yellow cards. Both for, like one was uh, throwing the ball away for petulance, and the other one was for hauling down Theo Walcott, who I think, I just think if, if he had more, uh, say, I mean, he's a strong player, but I just think he should have rather used upper body strength. I mean, we all know Theo Walcott, just, you just need to, you know, uh, almost like ram him over, like, like body check him. But not, because I mean, he, had, uh, he actually had his hands all around Walcott who wanted to speed off. He, uh, Gabriel gets his second yellow and he gets his marching orders and also down to 10 minutes. You've you, you got to wonder if, if this is happening because Gabriel has to overcompensate for other players in the team. And I'm not, you know, taking sides or anything, but if he had a decent partner he knew was covering his back, if he doesn't make a challenge, you, th- you, don't, you don't maybe think he wouldn't have made that reckless challenge? I, you know, this was actually a good point you're making because when I was also discussing this thing last night, a lot of my fellow gooners also that, that I chat to, they said, you know, you want to be in the, you know angry. But when you think of what he's done leading up to this game or what he's tried, you know, you, you see him, you know, literally playing himself like into the ground for the, the club scores. Like he plays with a hell of a lot of heart. And I mean, I've got big, big respect for Gabriel. And I just think to myself, you, you you know you can't actually give him that you know I mean it puts us under pressure, but I mean you can't actually almost like let it slide with him because as I said he's you know he's done a hell of a lot for the team, and you know it's almost like a, a blip. I mean you, you see everybody has it, but it's not like somebody like uh, Jaka who gets a chance to actually back away from an incident that's volatile, and he keeps on going back in gets uh, you know and gets himself sent off. That I don't have sorry I don't have respect for that, and also uh, the whole attitude of Jaka also after the fact with the Burnley game, we not even an apology to the fans or to his teammates. I mean, even if he did it internally, you can still make it public and say, look, yeah. uh, my team. And Gabriel, I mean, within the what, uh, the evening, he already had an apology. And I mean, most of us felt, as Arsenal fans, it's heartfelt also, because I mean, he knew that the team down. Because that is what, what I find also first and foremost, as a player's reaction also after sending off like that. Yeah. That that reminded me also. I think Lee Dixon or somebody mentioned it. That is what when you get when you get yourself sent off. Or, yeah, I think Ian Wright even when they said, then you don't feel disappointed in yourself for yourself getting sent off. You feel disappointed for letting the whole team down because 
you're already on the front foot and, and now you do that and you set it back and you're giving them now an extra man's work. And you could see, like you said, you know, he took his T-shirt and, you know, he was like, you know, upset with himself. But he, he's, he's, he's sending off game part and parcel of the game, you know, trying to stop an attack. And was it like you said, you know, Pepe and Jaka? That was just pure stupidity. And then you look at Jaka also when he walked off the field as well. You know, it's almost like he walked off like, I don't give a shit. Mm. That was I mean, uh, also hope we see the back of him because I just think Arsenal and him don't make a good mix because, you know, whether with a crowd or without a crowd, I just don't think it's a, a good mix because it builds up almost like into this whole toxic atmosphere as well. And I mean, I'm not saying Arsenal fans was now. You know, go overboard and, and like slag the player or get personal on that. But I mean, I'm just saying, this is something certain players that they don't have this sort of attitude that you actually want to see, you know, that you're know, fighting for your team. You don't see that there's more, as you said at the start of the podcast already, people that play for themselves like as individuals, not as a team. Yeah, that, that, that's what it's about. I mean, you, he's a captain of, of Switzerland. I mean, he's the national captain and he's behaving like that on the field. But you know, that aside, you know, and at that point, you just knew, you know, Newcastle, I mean, Newcastle, Southampton thought again, you know, here we go. Yeah, it's an opportunity for us because they started coming back at us. And, you know, Arsenal started, you know, I'm sure you as a fan also started thinking, okay, fine, I might just take the draw. Yeah, because look, that Southampton, Sub Redmond, he ends up firing against the bar, which, I mean, should have been 2 1 because it was, a, you know, nobody was really closing him down, right? And I mean, he had a clear chance to place it past Leno. And then, of course, Arsenal, of course, playing a game of cat and mouse, you know, just looking for a sort of counter-attack. Older then makes a, a, you know, a block. Uh, I think it was a goal-down shot by Ward-Prowse because even, um, I'm not sure if it was David Luiz or somebody at the time, when they were actually high-fiving him for, you know, just getting us out of it. Yeah, you could see that, you know, the players didn't want to to just throw this game away. They were actually trying to, you know, secure the points. Or, like, secure a point, at least. Like, they were playing with heart and desire. Like, it shouldn't have taken so long, but you could see that they were, you know, trying. Also, they made a, also a late sub, you know, bringing Cedric on for Pepe. Um, I think it was more, you know, to, you know, see out this and, and, and you know, you know what we have, we all. Because, yeah. look, as it was... We were, it's not like we were just wasting Pepe anyway down that flank because he was offering nothing. Because how many times did we have sort of opportunities to break? And he is, I don't know what he was trying every time he, he like, he has an urge to cut inside. And the minute he does that, it's already two bodies already on him of the Saints. And I'm just thinking, you've got a, you know, a, a bit of speed, take that ball down the touchline. And then, then you see once you get, you know, in the final third, what you can do if you want to come inside. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, you would have expected him to be an outlet when you were down to 10 men because of his pace, you know, you can maybe use to get him on the counter. But like you said, you know, Adeta probably saw it and was like, okay, you know, rather like what we have, we hold and, you know, take the point because I don't think anything's going to happen from, from his side. But I mean, is, uh, I mean, this is also to the listeners. Is there any play that's that frustrating when you watch them play? Like, I mean, from like, from, you know, Arsenal colors now. Because I don't know, like what I, you you sometimes see him and you think every time he's looking for that, you know, cut inside to curl to the top corner, and it's not you know it's not playing out like it every week because you know people are reading what he's doing up you know way up front already, so they know just to keep that ball on his right foot all time. So they all they do is just pushing him every time to the right side of the pitch. 
Yeah. It makes me sad he's how much money we spent on him, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the game, close to the end of the game, injury time, with Arsenal, I think, roughly lost or kick of the game, really. Uh, Saka ends up getting, I don't know if it was Saka or somebody, getting the ball, you know, deep into the box, holding out, jumps everybody for once, and I mean, <laughs> he's ball, the ball ends up crashing into the crossbar with a keeper totally beaten because you could see even McCarthy stood there and was like, you know, oh my God, that could have gone in. Yeah, if that had gone in, it would have been, you know, that type of goal that, you know, I'm not saying it would have, but it could have changed you know, that, that season and the confidence and belief in the team, especially, you know, coming up against the Everton side who, who are booming with confidence again. And so, you know, the game ends 1-1 full-time, you know, we remain 15th. Um, you know, I'm frustrated, you know, with this current rate that we get him because, as I said prior, it's like, you know, just be getting a real foothold in the game and, and showing so, some sort of, you know, form that we've been, you know, lacking now for months. And it almost like it just gets taken away with a red card. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's discipline. You're not going to get anywhere without any discipline. So I definitely feel we need to sort that area of our game out, else we won't be going anywhere. Yeah. So we should attention out to Everton Arsenal on Saturday evening. Uh, the bookies already have us chalked down as underdogs, you know, for any away points that's going to be achieved in this game. Because I think the draw is also quite high, like points-wise. Um, Everton, of course, got four goals in the last three matches. Arsenal won in three. Um, you know, I've really been impressed with Carlo Ancelotti. I mean, he's really got the troops, you know, playing for him. And I mean, at times it looks like Everton are playing above and beyond their true potential. Because, I mean, the sort of... If you think of the form that comes at the last year, I think... Yeah. Calvert Lewin, nobody took really note of. You knew, okay, he was a threat, but nobody took note of him much. That Alain of Napoli looks like, you know, a solid buy. Dakore of Watford is just a menace in midfield, like, I mean, causing breaking up play, almost like starting moves, almost like he's got, like, uh, you know, a slimmer version of Thomas Party. I mean, they really got the energy to go box to box. And, I mean, you got their defence also that's quite able. I mean, that Yeri Mina and them all. They also quite solid. Michael Kane, Keane, even he's also quite solid at the back. And I mean, it's just at times I think they do have question marks over um, Jordan Pickford. But other than that, I mean, they've got a fantastic left back in Denia. And I mean, right back also, they look dangerous. So all around, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough task for Arsenal. And the Charleston as well, he's also firing. We forgot to mention him. He seems also to. You look at the players and you can throw out people that's going to cause you trouble. At the moment, how many Arsenal players can you throw out that's going to cause you trouble? Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's been also a big soap, though. Actually, a talking point through a lot of pundits. Like, who, you know, if you look at any of the Arsenal players, who would you put in a top side? None of them would make it, really. Because it comes down also to, to the sort of confidence or the lack of confidence they have at the moment in themselves. And as that now falters with the team, that's why you have a team with such a low morale. And I mean, if you look at, at, at uh, Everton's. Uh, fixtureless this season. I mean, they've now uh, you know got the scouts of Leicester, Chelsea, and Spurs already. Good name. Yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting game. I mean, you know, it's I, I, the irony in you know Arteta was then confirmed and Angelotti were confirmed as coaches prior to this game last season at Goodison Park. You know, they were sitting in the stands just watching, and it it, it, it petered out to a nil-nil draw. Which I don't think this game will definitely not end up in a no no draw. So, so, you know. What approach would you take like, for this game? 
I, I think, you know, we're going to have to take a bit of it that, you know, the old Arteta 343, you know, try to suck everything in because right now I don't think we can go toe-to-toe with him. I know it sounds a bit negative, but confidence-wise, um, playing-wise at the moment, you know, we, 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 we shouldn't be going toe-to-toe. Try to maybe outsmart them and, you know, maybe sneak in one or two goals like we kind of did against Man City in the in the FA Cup semi-final. And I mean, the last point I'm to make before we end of the podcast, um, do you see a way of getting out of this mess under Arteta or do you see, um, you know, an enforced change maybe to get them out of the front? What is your take? You know, my, my take, I think, is stick with Arteta. Um, yeah. I, I think we need to actually give him a chance to get rid of certain players that he doesn't want actually in the squad. And work with players that he wants and who wants to be at the club. I think only then can we charge him because I think if you're going to start with a new go with a new coach, you're probably going to end up having the same problem. I mean, look at the guys with Emery. Mm. Dipped, Arteta dipped. I mean, you could go a route of of having him as a a, a a filler for the rest of the season. But you're going to go back to square one and, you know, is the club going to take players and yeah. be brave enough and sell players? So, I think stick with Arteta, give him what he actually needs. Because I read a stat, Lampard and Solskjaer have spent over $200 million. And, you know, we're probably two, three wins away from catching up to them. Arteta's only spent $68 million and had a year with the squad. Mm-hmm. Only now. So... You know, give him that opportunity to try to get them out of the rut. I think the players to have good enough quality to not get relegated. And yeah, let's just hope that we can, you know, make things right. And I don't know what's your take on this whole like, situation. No, I mean, I don't know if, if my, you know, opinion is more off the heap type of thing. Like, you know, just out of anger. And I don't think, you know, almost like not really thinking, almost like with a clear head really, because... I mean, I remember that that <laughs> I spoke to you, I think, a day or two ago. We already had this whole master plan of how Arsenal's going to get out of this right way. <laughs> Look, get rid of him. Get rid of Arteta in 2020. You bring, say, somebody like a Rafa Benitez or somebody to take, you know, somebody that's real long in the tooth. Um, you let them take over almost like for half a season. You know, it was like, because look, Arsenal's players, I noticed, when a new guy comes in, they play in a burst of about six months and then they start slacking off. And that is why my timeline, like I told you, was give the new guest, like say a new coach, a six-month, uh, you know, bracket to take to take over the team, and then afterwards, then you say, okay, once that that new season starts, and you got like a say a new coach lined up, and then you start booting the players that you need to boot because then even if they've hit a sort of form now under this coach now, you get rid of them because I mean, like as I said, it's unreal how Arsenal as a club have taken. Um, Somebody like, uh, you know, almost like Ven- Wenger signings. And you've taken them through almost like three coaches now. And I mean, they've got two fired of the coaches. Because I mean, yeah. they, Wenger did not just uh, step down. He was sacked. And I mean, uh, it, it was like that with Una Emery as well, where it was almost like the team where they didn't want to now play for him. Then they just started, you know, downing tools. And that I cannot stand. Because for me, Arsenal's the be all to end all. I mean, like when it comes to sports now. If if you're not aboard on the, like say the Arsenal train, then I mean you get off rather because as a player, I mean we're not we don't have that in our in our culture also like with, with yes, no, that's hundred percent true. I was going to say that if you watch Arsenal down the years, you don't have people like that. I mean, look, 
Arsenal hated Bruce Rioch. Uh, sorry, the players hated Bruce Rioch back in the day. And yet they, uh, they still put in a shift for him. And I think they ended up fifth in the league with a coach that they did not like. And Arsenal then replaced him, uh, Arsenal then replaced him with Wenger. And it just shows you, that shows you the sort of character characters that we had at the club. And that is what we need to bring back again. And the only people I see that sort of character in, I see it in a bit in Leno, I see it in Kieran Tierney, I see it in Gabriel Fully, and I also see it in, you know, in that little bit of time that he's been there, but I see it also in Thomas Party. You, you know, you couldn't have kept this off perfectly because I think that's the re- one of the reasons why we fell in love with Arsenal because it was never a case of players downing their tools and, you know, trying to get people fired. And there's always players, you know, working their socks off, giving their all and, you know, showing passion for the club. And it's the same passion as fans show. And I'm hoping that, you know, they can repay us the favour. So Arsenal, you know, hope the board can step up, get rid of the deadwood and the toxic players, you know, and get behind the club and show well, like the true Arsenal. Yeah. And with that, guys, we end off the podcast for the weekend. Take care. Stay safe through this time. Enjoy the, the festive period also coming up soon. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.